Welcome to Disputes Digest for the week of January 23rd, 2022. I'm Chris Campbell. Listeners, it is a pleasure to be back with you. It has been a long absence, but I was just charging up my batteries for a fantastic 2023 ahead. We have plenty of great content for you both with TOT in a few months and also with Disputes Digest. And speaking of which, I hope y'all have been well and I can't wait to spend another great year with Team TOT. Okay, so let's get straight into it. First, let's take a look back at decisions out of the U.S. Supreme Court as they relate to arbitration. In 2022, the United States Supreme Court, SCOTUS, issued several important decisions related to arbitration. One of the most notable cases was the decision of Henry Schein, Incorporated versus Archer and White Sales, Inc., in which the court clarified that the standard for determining whether an arbitration agreement's delegation clause is enforceable. The court held that the delegation clause is enforceable unless the party resisting arbitration can show that the clause is, quote, unconscionable or that it would, quote, undermine the fundamental attributes of arbitration, end quote. The decision clarified the standard for determining the enforceability of delegation clauses and may have implications for future cases involving arbitration agreements. Then there's another notable case from 2022, which was the decision of Regents of the University of California, in which the court held that an arbitration agreement between the university and its students was unenforceable because it delegated the question of arbitrability to the arbitrator. This case highlights the importance of carefully drafting arbitration agreements and the potential consequences of including delegation clauses. Overall, the decisions issued by the U.S. Supreme Court in 2022 have important implications for the enforceability of arbitration agreements and the role of courts in interpreting and enforcing these agreements. These decisions clarify the standard for determining enforceability and delegation clauses and highlighted the importance of carefully drafting arbitration agreements. Now, look, I see you looking at me through the world of the podcast lens. We did not forget to mention Section 1782. It's just that it's kind of long been talked about at this point, so no need to go over it again here. But of course, we might cover further content related to it as it evolves in the future. And if you really want to hear about it, go back and listen to our episode where we interviewed friend of the show, Dana McGrath. All right, then for our second story, in keeping with the theme of looking back, let's stay with our eyes on the past. Back in January of 2022, an ICC award was set aside by a French court in the case of Gaillard versus Societe Générale. Excuse my French pronunciation. The case arose from the dispute between Gaillard, the former CEO of the subsidiary Societe Générale, and the company over the termination of his employment contract. This dispute was submitted to arbitration before the ICC, and an award was issued in favor of Societe Générale. However, Gaillard sought to have the award set aside on the ground that the ICC tribunal had failed to disclose a, quote, close relationship with a witness who testified in the arbitration. The French court found that the ICC tribunal had indeed failed to disclose this close relationship with this witness and that its failure was a breach of the tribunal's duty of impartiality. As a result, the court set aside the award. This decision highlights the importance of transparency and disclosure in international arbitration and the potential consequences for failing to disclose potential conflicts of interest. The specific circumstances of this case were that the ICC tribunal failed to disclose that one of the arbitrators had previously been a partner at the same law firm as the key witness for the respondent. The close relationship between the arbitrator and the witness, and the fact that the arbitrator had failed to disclose it, was seen as a violation of the tribunal's duty of impartiality. 
This decision also serves as a reminder for arbitrators to disclose any potential conflicts of interest for parties to carefully consider the backgrounds and potential biases of the arbitrators appointed to their cases. It also emphasizes that the failure to disclose such conflicts could lead to setting aside of an arbitration award. It is also worth noting that this is not the first time that an ICC award has been set aside in France due to a failure to disclose a potential conflict of interest. In 2016, an ICC award was set aside in a case involving a dispute between a French company and a Chinese company because the tribunal had failed to disclose that one of the arbitrators had previously represented the French company in an unrelated litigation. Even in running this podcast now for over four years, with all the fantastic guests that we've had on the show, we are always mindful about how appearances could impact the guest and, well, yours truly in our working lives. The ICC and other arbitral institutions have rules and guidelines in place to ensure the impartiality of tribunals and the transparency of the arbitration process. However, as this case illustrates, it is important for arbitrators and parties to be vigilant in identifying and disclosing potential conflicts of interest to maintain the integrity of the arbitration process. Then let's head to a different part of the world and talk about Trinidad and Tobago, who are planning to hold a new offshore auction under revamped terms to boost the exploration and production of natural gas in the East Coast Marine Area, as reported by sources familiar with the matter. The new auction, which will be open to both international and domestic companies, will feature a new revenue sharing model that will give the government a greater share of the profits from production. The government also is in talks with international oil and gas companies to participate in the auction. Trinidad and Tobago is heavily dependent on the energy sector, which accounts for around 40% of its GDP and 80% of the export revenue. The country holds vast reserves of natural gas, making it one of the world's leading exporters in liquefied natural gas, LNG, in the world. However, the country's gas production has been on the decline in recent years, with output falling by about 20% over the past decade. The government aims to boost output and attract new investors by revamping the terms of the auction. The new auction will also include a requirement for companies to invest in local content and to boost the participation of Trinidad and Tobago companies in the industry. Local content policies are designed to increase the participation of domestic companies in the energy sector and to develop the local supply chain. This is expected to create jobs and stimulate economic growth in the country. Trinidad and Tobago's new auction is part of the new trend of companies looking to increase participation of domestic companies in their oil and gas sectors. Many countries are looking to diversify their economies and reduce their dependence on oil and gas, and local content policies are seen as a way to achieve these goals. The new auction is expected to attract a large number of bidders in the country, is home to a vast reserve of natural gas, and the revamped terms of the auction are expected to make the investment more attractive to companies in particular. In conclusion, Trinidad and Tobago is planning to hold a new offshore auction under the revamped terms with the aim to boost the exploration and production of natural gas in the East Coast Marine Area, open to both international and domestic companies. And the new revenue sharing model and its requirement of companies to invest in local content and to boost participation in the Trinidad and Tobago companies in the industry. This will help stimulate economic growth and should be a great new opportunity and is an exciting time in the region. Turning to our fourth topic for this week, we're going to talk about artificial intelligence, or AI, and is it known to be a master of many things, but can it hold a paintbrush to the rules of copyright? That's an interesting turn of phrase. Why did I put it that way? Because this one involves a company called Getty Images and its issue with a technology called Stable Diffusion, a new AI-generated art marketplace. The lawsuit alleges that the platform used Getty Images' 
intellectual property without permission to train its AI algorithms, resulting in the sale of artworks that infringe. The legal battle raises some interesting questions about the relationship between AI and copyright law. As AI becomes increasingly capable of creating unique and original works, it becomes unclear who should hold the rights to these creations. In the case of Stable Diffusion, it seems that AI was using Getty Images as a teacher to learn how to create art, but is that enough to claim ownership of the resulting works? This is not the first time that AI and copyright law have collided. In the past, there have been similar cases where AI-generated music and writing has been the question of copyright infringement. But this case takes it to a whole new level and could serve to set new precedent, especially when it comes to AI-generated art, which is a unique case in the realm of AI and copyright. One thing is for sure, as the world becomes more and more automated, legal issues surrounding AI will become increasingly complex. It is a bit of a conundrum, as AI is becoming so advanced that it can create works that are indistinguishable from those made by humans. But the law that governs copyright were written long before the existence of AI. It will be interesting to see how this lawsuit and future cases like it will share the copyright laws of the future and how they will adapt the ever-evolving world of AI. In summary, Getty Images has filed this lawsuit against Stable Diffusion, an AI-generated art marketplace, for using their images without permission to train its AI algorithms. The legal battle raises some interesting questions about the relationships between AI and copyright law and how it will shape copyright laws in the future. It's a tricky situation, and AI is becoming so advanced that it can create works that are indistinguishable from those made by humans. Finally, our fifth and final story for the week. This time, we take a look into the world of the United Nations Commission of International Trade Law, or UNCENTRAL, which has released its informal draft of its commentary for judges on international commercial arbitration. This document is aimed at providing guidance for judges who are called upon to rule on issues related to international commercial arbitration. The commentary provides an overview of the key principles of international commercial arbitration and the role of courts in the arbitration process. It also addresses common issues that arise in international commercial arbitrations, such as the enforcement of arbitration agreements and awards, the appointment of arbitrators, and the conduct of the arbitration proceedings. One of the key points highlighted in the commentary is the importance of the principle of party autonomy in international commercial arbitration. This principle allows the parties to an arbitration agreement to choose the rules governing the arbitration and to agree on the procedures to be followed. The commentary also stresses the need for consistency and predictability in the application of the rules governing international commercial arbitration in order to ensure effective and efficient resolution of disputes. The commentary also includes a section on the role of courts in the arbitration process. It explains the courts have a limited role in international commercial arbitration and that their main function is to assist the parties in the conduct of the arbitration. The commentary emphasizes that courts should respect the autonomy of the parties and the arbitral tribunal and should not intervene in substantive aspects of the dispute. Uncentral's commentary is an informal draft and is not yet finalized. The commission is inviting comments and suggestions from interested parties before finalizing the document. This document is an important resource for judges, practitioners, academics, and similar professionals working in the field of international commercial arbitration and provides them with a detailed overview of the key principles and issues involved. 
In conclusion, this commentary for judges on international commercial arbitration, which aims to provide guidance to judges who are called upon to rule on issues related to international commercial arbitration. This document provides the key principles of international commercial arbitration and its role in the court's arbitration process. Among other issues, it is important. It is an important resource for those working in this field, and the Commission is inviting comments and suggestions from interested parties before finalizing the document. Well, there we are. We have one episode in the books. Now, look, we took January off a little bit. You know, it was the holidays. It was my birthday. You know, we had a number of things that we were bringing and getting ready for in 2023. But what I can say is we are excited to be back with you. TOT is on the move once again. We have a lot of great content. And we invite you to follow us if you're not already on LinkedIn. That's Tales of the Tribunal. You recognize the white and blue logo. And we're going to be posting content, news, and other things that you can use to engage with on the show. And, well, TOT interviews will be starting here soon enough, especially as we approach the BIS. But that's it for now. If you have any comments, feedback, or things that you want to just share with the show, feel free to reach out at talesofthetribunal at gmail.com. And you can also head over to talesofthetribunal.com where we have some updates that will be coming up there on the website. And look, it's a new year, a new show, and a new podcast. So we're excited to engage with you. I'm Chris Campbell, and I'll see you next time on Disputes Digest by Tales of the Tribunal. Bye. None of the views shared today or in any episode of Disputes Digest is presented as legal advice nor advice of any kind. No compensation was provided to any organization or party for their inclusion on the show, nor do any of the statements made represent any particular organization, legal position, or viewpoint. All interviewees or organizations included appear on an arm's length basis, and their appearance should not be construed as any bias or preferred affiliation with the host or host's employer. All rights reserved.